You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome back to In The Bunker. As every business owner faces challenges in their day-to-day life, and we love to share those stories. Today, we have Christopher Valona in the bunker with us. Christopher was faced with the challenge of being a stay-at-home single dad, raising a kid with a rare disease. We're going to unpack that story, how that's affected his life and the business that he's created. There's so much to discuss here. Let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Chris. Christopher. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. It's good to have you on. Let's get to know you a little bit. What is your background? Who are you? How'd you get here? What does that look like? Sure. So a California-based child, grew up here in Los Angeles, California, made a stint around Arizona State University, graduated December 93, went into the business, television, um, basically got into trouble. Drank that job up, drank other jobs up, went to jail, got my stuff together, got sober at 26, basically married my friend at the time and had a couple of children. And then, boom, rare disease infested the entire family. Subsequently got divorced and now I'm a single dad trying to save one of my children's life, suffering from batten disease, who was 18 years young. And then my second child, 16 years old, is normal and healthy. Well, teenager. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That, that appreciate that gets to, gets us all in on your life, where you've been and a little bit, bit into that. Let's talk. I know before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about that aspect of starting the business out of necessity. And let's talk through that challenge a little bit. What is, what did that look like? What was that challenge? What did that look like to start the business? It was absolute fear and just anger and resentment and worrisome, just stressing, the kind of stress that puts you into a deep depression. A lot of the reasons why I am here today to share my stories, I think it's a pretty cool story, is that they couldn't really do the normal nine to five with a dying child. And even splitting custody, it was just very challenging to show up to work two out of five days. And the other three days that you have your children or six days that you have your children, you're going to constant uh, neurology exams, you're going to the doctor, you're going to the ER, you're dealing with epilepsy, you're dealing with cuts, bruises, all while taking care of another, you know, baby at the same time. Having a normal job just wasn't in the equation because employers don't like it when you don't show up. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do and governor assistance was great, but it doesn't pay all the bills. So basically... As my child got on in years, he got worse and worse and needed more and more attention. And right now it's just uh, one of those things where you, you either make a few bucks on the side or you start a business. So I had to, you know, dig deep and find how to do a home-based business. So that's how CSG Consulting was created right here in this beautiful home and in the middle of the pandemic, no less. So that's crazy. So you started, the business started during COVID? Yes. Yes. So 
not only did you start a business during a global pandemic, you also started that during just a crazy time in your life during other limitations in addition to that. And that's where it's always so interesting for me with entrepreneurs because it doesn't matter what gets thrown, you know, your way as an entrepreneur, it's push through, figure out a solution to survive and then thrive. Yeah. Survive was a great motivator. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it, it was, like I said, you go through these waves of doubt and then depression and stuff like that. And you're bouncing around from household to household with your children in tow. And one of them has rare disease and you just have to put the boots to the ground at, at a certain point. I think all of us who are entrepreneurs or even in the workforce or even just trying to be a good person have to actually start to listen to the truth, the writing on the wall, and actually just look at what's in your wheelhouse and what is going to not only generate your passion, but also generate income with that passion. Project Sebastian is the shirt I'm wearing, which is the foundation for my son, uh, was born out of fear because I wasn't going to wait around for any of the doctors to tell me what he was supposed to do, how he's supposed to do it. Is he going to live? Is he going to die? Most doctors, not all, but most doctors would say with this type of diagnosis, there's no hope. Go home, live your best life. He's going to die. And uh, there's not much time. That's when we went home and we were like, oh shit, how do you, what do you do? So there is no entrepreneurship. There is no, I'm going to make a million dollars. There's nothing like that. It's, I don't know what to do. So you just, you stay with him in that bubble. And um, my whole life, it's just been, you got to be better than the next guy. Yeah, I was uh, the youngest of four uh, and everyone in my family has amazing titles except me. My brother is a sheriff's department veteran. My other brother is a Marine Corps veteran. My sister is a, is a, a school teacher in retirement who has a beautiful family. And then there's Chris the drunk that went to school that just partied all his life and then now had to grow up. So I don't know what this is about. I think someone was sending me a strong message. Maybe it's time for you to grow up. And by the way, we're going to give you a diseased child. I don't know, but I, I had to do something. And that's been the nature of what I've been doing for the better part of almost 20 years. Let's do something. And, but that doesn't always translate to action. It's very challenging to put the boots to the ground because your brain has all these great ideas. And then you wake up the next day and you're sitting at your desk and you're just frozen. Like, how am I going to do that? Who's going to help me? And I got to tell you in, in this, there's no help. So you do what everybody else does. You go on the internet, you do all these searches, you start to become an internet doctor and you're going to cure your child. So no matter what. And I was just like that. And I was challenging these doctors who had 20, 30 years of experience. I said, you're wrong. And if you know the story about Project Sebastian and my son, they're all wrong, actually, because it's not that I proved them wrong. I just don't think that they understood that that covering your ass didn't really translate to somebody who was persevering and trying to motivate his son to stay alive and doing everything it could physically and healthy-wise and mentally to keep the kid alive. So the same thing happened with CSG. I needed to make uh, some changes about income. And that guy that screwed up his post-graduate uh, life of drinking and drugging in the movie business, I'm now sober 26 years, and that's my passion. That's my wheelhouse. So CSG Consultants is a sober consultant outfit, if you will. Yeah. Got it. 
I think there's a handful of nuggets there that I want to unpack. And I think one of the things that you brought up was passion. So many business owners are passionate about one thing or another where as an entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneur in that journey, there is the, I don't want to say option, but there is that option to quote unquote fail where when you are building a nonprofit, when you are trying to find a a cure for a disease, when you're venturing down that path, it's not something that you want to throw the towel in on. It's something that is a bigger passion outside of just having a nonprofit. And I think that we were talking before we hit record a little bit about just the aspect of nonprofit sort of not being seen as an entrepreneurial journey. And I I think it so much is because you are, you're bootstrapping more than any non or any for-profit business. I feel because you're funding so much of that out of your own pocket. You are raising capital just like a business does that goes to raise capital, but it's from donations. You're not providing, you know, a service in necessarily to the person who's raising, you know, is helping raise some of that money necessarily. So there's a very different aspect with that from running a business perspective. And the end goal, obviously, being from a financial perspective to raise money that would, you know, potentially result in cure better research. Uh, I always thought I could model my nonprofit or any nonprofit after a business model, because after all, sales are donations. If you look at the similarities, but I'm horrible at nonprofit making money, raising money and awareness is extremely challenging. I enjoy selling like widgets and stuff like that or a service, but man, it's hard to sell hope to get people to donate. It really is because it's a, it's not your kid. They don't really connect. And uh, if they really don't understand, they just kind of just simply say, oh, that's, I'm sorry. And they move on to the next thing. Yeah. Customer retention is is not that great in for nonprofits, unless you are huge, like a, a Salvation Army, if you will. Everybody knows and everybody's, oh, they got many programs. We'll just give them 10 bucks. So I'm trying to get there, my man, trying to get there. Awareness is key. Yeah. want to get back a little bit to that core challenge, the aspect Mm -hmm. of single dad staying at home, Mm -hmm. developing, developing a business. What is some of your advice to someone who may be in the same challenge right now? And maybe they don't have necessarily a kid who, you know, is suffering from a disease. Maybe it's someone who just has kids at home because of this whole pandemic mess. And they're trying to figure out how to work the nine to five, not being in an office, being remote, having two kids run around the house. What, what is some of your advice or some of those elements that you have found helpful? There's a myriad of topics you could discuss due to the fact that everybody had to be shut in. You really find out your level of a few things. One is patience. Two is communication. Three is acceptance. A lot of that plays into to the, the circle of just being effective. If we have patience, we, if we have communication and we have acceptance, 
I think we don't freak out as much, but you're locked in. You can't make any money. You can't see your friends. Your children are freaking out. They're on their online games 24 seven. You don't want them to, to, to lose their brains. And then you got mental health issues because of all this stuff. And I would highly just recommend checking in with everyone in the house as as much as you can until they may be irritated with you because my, you know, my kids are, but I would just have to say just communication, patience, and acceptance is the answer for a lot of us. But we don't really look at that because we're just waiting for that, that puppy in the window, waiting for someone to take us home. We're trying to get back out to the real world. And all of a sudden you're allowed to go out to the real world and then you can't do certain things. And you're like, well, what's going on? And that, again, you have to ask yourself, you know, what do I need to do? A lot of people kind of project, I think, in giving advice about what they should be doing. If someone's asking me or like you're asking me, but a lot of us don't even heed our own advice. So it really starts with the guy in the mirror. I've learned many times that sometimes I just shut my mouth and just watch uh, and then help in the aftermath. Those three things to me are key for anyone during any time, whether it's a pandemic or in business, patience, love, tolerance, acceptance. That's a code for a lot of us. More importantly, just having the ability to communicate with someone without asking for anything in return. That's really good. I think the patience, communication, and acceptance aspect, I think that right there, honestly, if we all took a step back and really thought through those three elements, we would solve so many problems. Uh, yeah. How many times have you asked yourself, what would I do if I was arguing with myself? Yeah. What, what, would I say anything differently? Would I do anything differently? I could be this big barking horse, but inside we're just terrified. If you think about it, most of our actions are fear-based in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You also mentioned that sort of puppy dog effect sitting there looking out the window. And I think so much of us are doing that right now. We're all staring out the window, waiting for things to get back to normal or waiting to get back outside or waiting for whatever. And I think personally, like so many people are staring out the window, but missing everything else that's passing by and going on inside. But this is both, both physical and metaphorical a little bit. I know at the beginning of COVID, so many families just did a family board game night or did different stuff where it was like, Hey, normally we're running at 200 miles an hour, but we can actually stop and sit down and play cards or do that. And as you mentioned, being able to have time to check in with those who are living in your house or, or your family. I, I, we were doing those things before the pandemic though, Josh, we were forced to stay in due to Sebastian's condition. And you're right. Yeah. Uh, the, we are <laughs> every week we play Monopoly. It's insane. It's just one of those things where it's like Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monopoly. That's the deal. If we're not going to services or going to the doctor, it's just, it's Monopoly. It's, uh, there's a lot of other games we're doing, but th that seems to be the one where it keeps us all together and laughing throughout the night. So yeah, board games are, are a great way to get through. Before that was like what you, you pulled out when you got snowed in, you had board yeah. games. And now you got the COVID lockdown, same concept. And I'll get back out there when it's time and when it's safe for everybody. In the meantime, sure, have another soda pop and get some popcorn, watch a bad movie or play some video games. Maybe we'd play a board game instead.
the family aspect, I think, is is one thing that was really highlighted in these last 20 months about what was really missing out. Like you said, Josh, everybody's running around and no one's got really any time because everybody's you know, on their phones and they're doing their thing and they're trying to become millionaires and trying to, everything's being just like, you're missing out on right in front of you. That's the one thing that I realized even more so. Wow. <laughs> wow. My other son, truly amazing child, Gage. Yeah. 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 I think that's so true with the past two years-ish. Yeah. People have learned to slow down a little bit. I, I think that's a good thing. I think not having so much craziness in your life, not having 14 different activities that you're a part of, being able to actually spend time. And this really circles back to, towards the beginning of our conversation, what your passion is in life. For you, you built a business and around the fact of being able to spend time and have time available for your family. Sure. And able, able to help others. And exactly. And so I think that's really where we're continuing, I think, to see people look back at their passions and as more entrepreneurs start businesses, pivot their business and change business. I think that's a big thing to keep in mind of what is your passion as an entrepreneur and how does your journey line up with that? And it doesn't need to be your business passion. It can be your personal and does your yeah. business align with that? And that's super, <laughs> super good. Yeah. Awesome. Been super good chatting with you. Appreciate the time. I don't know if there's any other little elements or advice or sort of nuggets that you would want to throw out there before we wrap up. If you wanted to, as we approach the, the holidays, you know, we'll tell you this as a sober consultant, there's a lot of people that are in need of help. A lot of people may not want to be sober. Some of them need to be sober. It's going to be up to them. That's why we want to extend that hand, that, that virtual hand, obviously, to help people understand that they have someone to talk to, to talk with. If you go to consultingwithcsg.com and you book an appointment, you're going to have a professional like me help you a identify what's going on in your life and we have mental health providers and we also have like i said we have the coaching we have the basically any type of a package that you need whether you want to do traditional 12-step work or do you need an inpatient bed or if you just need a therapist we pretty much can can walk you through it and we've provided to know not everything we're not one of those people that are going to tell you that we're going to fix you because we can't we want you to find a way for you to fix yourself and we're going to be here there whether you want to do it or not. So if you're just looking to chat or do you need serious sober companionship where we come with you to work or we go with you to the set, if you're a high profile celebrity and you just have, you're always caught up in the trappings of success like I was, you can count on, on me and my staff and uh, our team to keep you out of the, the trouble that you're probably wanting to be in. So We'd like you to just start making sober steps today and just break that old behavior. Awesome. Yeah. And the web, your website, Facebook, Instagram, company, LinkedIn, and personal will all be in the show notes along right. with, I'll make sure that we have a link to project Sebastian as well. Oh, thank you. So for anyone who wants to find out more about that, check that out. You got a few extra million dollars lying around or donate it. Yes. 
<laughs> thank you. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> we'll just we'll just tweet at Elon Musk and see if we can. Apparently, he sold some stock. Yeah, he yeah he's flush. Come on, yeah, Elon. Yeah, there you go. Dip a little to the kids, please. Yeah, thank you. So awesome! I really enjoy the time today. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah, good to have you as a guest. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In the Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In the Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review, I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.